Thanks for listening to the Get Over Yourself podcast brought to you by Carol Fit Stationary Bike Program 8-Minute Workouts to Get Super Fit. Perfect Keto, the cleanest, highest potency ketone supplements. MOFO, Male Optimization Formula with Organs to Boost Testosterone. Let's get checked at Home Testing Kits. Try LGC.com. Almost Heaven, Beautiful Compact Home Use Sauna Kits. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece, The Mind-Blowing Nut Butter Blend. And check out bradkearns.com slash shop my personal selection of favorite products for health, fitness, and peak performance. And here we go with the show. You know how we're all hyper-connected and distracted these days, and my email inbox continues to bother me while I'm trying to focus on doing something of great importance and requiring deep cognitive powers like writing a book. What are some of your tips and suggestions for withstanding the pull of distraction? <laughs> and he said, turn that shit off, man, and go get the work done. Unfortunately, the modern workplace is highly focused on busyness to our detriment. It's organized for busyness rather than focus, right? People who think they are multitasking are actually being constantly distracted because the human brain is literally incapable of multitasking. What's happening with the illusion of multitasking is that you are rapidly switching your attention from one task to another. Back in the old days, and of course many people with the work structure uh, even today, can have a direct and visible graphic measurement of how much they accomplished. Perfect, perfect, perfect keto. They are makers of a complete line of keto-friendly supplements and food products. Many unique items that you won't find anywhere else. Everything with exceptional high quality and product cleanliness. That's right. They don't have any artificial ingredients, sweeteners, fillers, binders, or other crap. And they make a point at the company to emphasize education and living a keto-friendly lifestyle. So breaking free of kind of the gimmicks and the idea of swallowing a ketogenic supplement to lose weight. It's not about that. It's about staying aligned with your ketogenic dietary goals with high quality supplement products and the food products. I like to use the perfect keto base in and around my high intensity workouts. So what I'm doing is sipping this before, during, and after my sprinting or my high jumping sessions thereby minimizing inflammation and free radical production at the very time when I need most to be clean burning. So check them out at perfectketo.com and guess what? Buy one product and get 40% off the second one with the special screaming deal and the code BRAD40. Just go over to the bradkearns.com shopping page, click there, and you'll land on my custom-designed homepage at perfectketo.com and automatically get that awesome discount. That's right. Buy one, get 40% off the second product, the best-tasting, cleanest fuel on the market, perfectketo.com. Here comes a breather show about deep work. That is the title of a fantastic book by a computer science professor 
named Cal Newport at Georgetown University. He's the author of six self-improvement books in addition to his role as a professor of computer science, and he also writes a blog called Study Hacks, focused on academic and career success. I found this book to be extremely valuable and is hitting home big time. As you may have heard me talk about in previous shows, my penchant for high distractibility and the influence of hyper-connectivity upon all of us in today's world makes this a problem like never before in the history of the planet. We can pick up an iPhone and engage with the world anytime, anyplace, disengage from whatever we're supposed to be doing, highly productive at the time. So the title, as you might guess, gets into how you can be more productive, more focused when you're pursuing your core talents, the highest expression of your talents and your contribution to the planet, your career or your important work. Uh, so the premise, the basic premise of the book is that there's a huge penalty to pay, <laughs> a penalty in society at large and also a personal penalty to pay when we engage in constant distraction. I took extensive notes uh, as I was going through this book. So this podcast is a combination of uh, direct quotes from the book and my interpretations of it, and of course my riffing as we go through the various memorable points, and we're going to finish up with some uh, practical tips to get this stuff rolling in your own life. Uh, so the idea is that the information economy today, excellence is what's going to pay off because so many things can get automated and outsourced now. So that's really hopeful and inspiring to me. Uh, I'm trying to create fresh, unique content, write books, do podcasts, do something original, creative, and it might be a direction where all of us can reflect on doing better or making a true contribution rather than just clicking buttons and pushing papers because indeed this stuff is getting more and more automated. Uh, witness the physical, the prominent physical examples of going into an Amazon fulfillment warehouse and the robots are taking over really quickly. So many other uh, ways that things are getting automated. The assembly lines and the automobile factories used to be you could make a really good living, be in the union and put doors on Fords for 30 years straight, and now we're going to have to get more uh, creative and more free thinking and more focused to create things of value in the information economy. So if you can transcend the constant penchant for busyness and distractibility that we see in today's workplace, you can gain a huge advantage in your career. How about that? What's wrong with gaining a competitive advantage in the competitive workplace? Yeah, let's keep listening. So, uh, Newport references many great performers that have systems in place where they are able to do deep, non-distracted work. They set themselves up for success. Seth Godin is one of the great examples of this with his wonderful blog. Go over there to uh, sethgodin.com and subscribe, and he sends a pithy email newsletter every single day with a very short insight on all manner of uh, the economy, productivity marketing, 
and really fun stuff that takes only a few seconds to read and it slips in under the radar uh, for your distractibility <laughs> discipline and boundaries. So I definitely read Seth Godin just about every day. And my memorable quote from him during our podcast together where he was talking about his book, This Is Marketing. And I also got him talking about one of the great books that he wrote a long time ago called The Dip, Persevering uh, When Things Get Really Difficult so that you can emerge on the other side when you go through this funnel uh, known as The Dip where the people that have less passion, less commitment uh, will give up and you'll keep going because you know it's your calling and your destiny. Great book. Anyway, uh, I had a list of questions to ask the guy and one of them was, hey, Seth, you know how we're all hyper-connected and distracted these days and my email inbox continues to uh, bother me while I'm trying to focus on doing something uh, of, of great importance and requiring uh, deep cognitive powers like writing a book. Uh, what are some of your tips and suggestions for withstanding the pull of distraction? <laughs> and he said, turn that shit off, man, and go get the work done. Hey, man, how's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gainswave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gainswave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results. Gainswave reports an 80% success rate. Now, we know that popping pills is a popular penile protocol, but when you're working with clogged pipes, you just get a temporary band-aid effect when you take prescription drugs. Gainswave addresses the cause of age-related decline by stimulating growth factors and activating dormant stem cells. Translation, stronger, harder, more sustainable erections. I learned about Gainswave from my podcast guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis at the Brandeis MD Clinic in Northern California, and there's a robust network of Gainswave providers that you can find on their website near you. Complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, Gainswave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit Gainswave.com slash Brad. That's G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E dot com slash B-R-A-D to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy six treatments, and get one free. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Boom, drop the mic. Literally, that was all he said. We didn't engage on the topic and go blah, 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 this, that, or the other thing. Just turn that shit off. Close that window. Get the stuff done. Uh, profound insight. Uh, very thankful and very memorable. So uh, when I see that email inbox calling me, luring me over there with what the brain scientists call intermittent variable rewards, these are the most distractible uh, stimulus we can imagine. 
and the classic example of intermittent variable rewards is the slot machine. So these are highly addictive because you're getting fresh stimulus every time and you don't know what it's going to be. Can you think of any other examples of intermittent variable rewards? Yes, checking your social media feed and seeing what all your peeps have been up to and the exciting new comments and photos that they post is non-stop endless intermittent variable rewards to distract you and pull you away because it has a stronger draw. It hits those dopamine receptors, right, for pleasure and instant gratification, as I talked about on an entire show uh, honoring the work of Dr. Robert Lustig and his book, The Hacking of the American Mind, where we have this constant penchant for distractibility, instant gratification, the potential for distractibility and instant gratification. And we go for it because we're human and dopamine makes us feel good. And this overpowers our potential for uh, tipping, hitting the serotonin pathways for happiness, contentment, a life well lived, a life of meaning and deep satisfaction. And how do you get these things? How do you light up the serotonin pathways? You do so from persevering through difficult challenges, sticking it out, all those wonderful anecdotes that we receive from uh, generations past that have been forgotten today because we can pick up a phone and entertain ourselves. And if the kids are whining because they're bored, they don't have to create their own entertainment or uh, learn how to socialize and get along in groups, they can just grab a screen. So we got to get away from, or we can consider, don't got to do nothing these days, right? We can consider the pros and cons of constantly succumbing to intermittent variable rewards, such as your email inbox, your social media feed, or in Dr. Lustig's uh, more dour discussion of the uh, prominent dopamine triggers in today's life. He's mentioning sugar. Of course, his life's work has been uh, devoted to exposing the dangers of sugar uh, from the medical side. But he also mentions digital technology, hyperconnectivity, especially social media, caffeine, marijuana and street drugs, antidepressant and painkiller prescription drugs, uh, the pursuit of sex, I guess, to excess in this example, uh, the chronic or the extreme exercise highs that we chase, and of course, the uh, the insidious combination of video games and internet porn, uh, which John Gray also references as a really destructive element in society because it engages the young male in a way that hits those dopamine pathways so hard that they lose their motivation to pursue uh, real-life goals and engage in real life relationships that might come with a little more complexity and necessity for perseverance and deep human interaction. Okay, so uh, get away from those dopamine pathways. Turn that shit off, like Seth Godin says. Uh, the the book, Back to Deep Work, uh, mentions how Mark Twain used to go to a cottage uh, a, a distance from his main home, his main property, where others were hanging around. And they had to actually sound a horn to call him back for mealtime. So he was off in isolation, even in family life when he was doing his good work. J.K. Rowling rented a hotel suite to get out of her normal environment and put the stakes, the high stakes into the game. You know, renting a suite for an expensive nightly rate means you're hopefully going to get some work done. Whereas if you're home and you have an off day or you get distracted, you just shrug your shoulders. Maybe you'll do better tomorrow. But I love that idea of renting an expensive hotel suite. Carl Jung went to a stone castle to do his great work. Uh, Dr. Seuss 
would write all of his books uh, in hand on a yellow legal pad and then got on an airplane from his home in La Jolla, San Diego, California, and would fly to New York with the one and only original copy of his books to hand deliver them to the publisher. Pretty trippy, but having that legal pad as his go-to as interesting retro example, and I can relate to that because I find it really valuable to have uh, just pen and paper as an integral component of writing books. But of course, a lot of the writing gets done digitally where you can cut and paste paragraphs and you can jump onto the internet, get a quote, throw it right in, shuffle the deck, all that wonderful technology stuff. But there's something about uh, putting pen to paper and being disengaged from technology, disengaged from the internet and organizing your own thoughts that's really valuable and research about gratitude journaling and regular journaling that we reference in our new book. Mark and I are coming out with a book called Two Meals a Day coming out in late 2020. It's going to be the diet book to end all diet books. But anyway, we reference research in that book that the physical act of uh, hand writing in a journal has more significance than typing in a journal because of the uh, interaction of the brain's hemispheres to uh, organize the words yourself and have the hand uh, shape the letters all kinds of good stuff like that. And also just kind of uh, additional meaning that you're creating something yourself uh, rather than typing. So there's a plug for old fa- getting work done the old-fashioned way instead of relying on this app and that program. Yeah. So Newport says the great ones have a drive to cut themselves off from the routine busyness that represents so many of us, represent the workday for so many of us. They have also a greater level of satisfaction with their work when they are able to focus on a peak performance task. What do you think? Oh my gosh, I know it's so much more rewarding to, let's say, uh, complete a book than it is to empty out my inbox every single day if you ask me to keep score after a six-month time period. Uh, But again, the deep work can in many ways be more difficult or require more discipline, and I think that's the beauty of it. Just like if you uh, draw some analogies to the fitness world, if you can persevere through uh, a challenging workout and know that you achieve a fitness breakthrough accordingly, you get such a great sense of satisfaction that outweighs the temporary pain or discomfort of strapping those mini bands around your ankles and shuffling down the hall until your glutes are burning. But now I do this every single morning because I know it's going to do make a great uh, contribution to preventing injuries. And uh, injuries are so annoying. And I've had recurring injuries of glute hamstring strains likely due to uh, underactive uh, weakened glutes, obviously from modern life where we're sitting a lot or not engaging the glutes properly when we're doing workouts. So when you can isolate those with a very painful exercise, I can smile all the way through it because I know the payoff is there and my injuries are in check thanks to my commitment, right? So back to deep work and getting that high degree of satisfaction, it really does seem worth it to uh, be able to shut out the outside world and do what you got to do. Unfortunately, the modern workplace is highly focused on busyness to our detriment. It's organized for busyness rather than focus, right? People who think they are multitasking are actually being constantly distracted because the human brain is literally incapable of multitasking. What's happening with the illusion of multitasking is that you are rapidly switching your attention from one task to another. 
Now, when the stakes are low, for example, when you're chatting on the phone with a friend while you're raking leaves in your front yard, you can be quite competent uh, with both because they are low cognitive demand tasks. Uh, in contrast, when you have high cognitive demand tasks, such as navigating uh, with your GPS in a strange city while you are negotiating an important business deal on the phone, you still have the phone call and you're still doing something else, but the danger factor, the potential for distraction, oh my gosh, the research about distractibility while you're driving, everyone knows you shouldn't text and drive, you're 23 times more likely to have an accident when you're texting than when you're not, but there's also also some interesting research showing that uh, merely engaging in a phone conversation while driving has a high degree of distractibility and increased risk of accident because you have to do things like formulate responses, which takes your attention, takes your undivided attention off the road. Uh, so they rank uh, things like uh, completely passive things like listening to music or even listening to a podcast uh, as less distractible than having a phone conversation in the car. Hey, hey, you can listen to the Get Over Yourself podcast during your commute instead of calling your friends and be a safer driver. Yeah, unless you're shouting at me with a response if you really don't like what I have to say on the podcast. But that doesn't happen too often, does it? I'm so excited to introduce you to Paluva. This is a new zero-drop minimalist shoe with the distinctive five-toe design from my main man, Mark Sisson. Paluvas give you the most authentic barefoot-style experience, but with sufficient cushioning so you can use them for all manner of daily movement, especially walking and many other fitness and athletic activities. Paluvas are also incredibly stylish, so you get a barefoot shoe that you're not embarrassed to wear around in daily life. It's been so cool to see the popularity of minimalist shoes grow over the recent years, but Paluvas are a step ahead of every other zero-drop wide-box shoe because of the critical feature of individual five-toe articulation, a separate slot for each of your toes. This allows for correct dynamic movement of the foot through the walking or running stride, which is impossible when your toes are encased into a single box, even a wide box. Well, you might know that minimalist shoes have faced controversy in recent years for causing injuries from inappropriate use. So here is the big picture mission. We want to get you walking in paluvas, living in your paluvas, going barefoot in your home or other safe areas as often as possible. Go ahead and use your specialized cushiony running shoes or your basketball shoes, work boots, high heels, things that you want to wear when you want to wear them, but wear your Paluvas as much as possible to reawaken the natural functionality of the human foot to stand, walk, run, and perform. Do you want to try a pair? I'm certain that when you put them on and walk around, you are going to quickly realize that these are the most comfortable, natural shoes that you've ever worn. They are designed to feel like you're, quote, walking barefoot on a putting green please visit paluva.com, that's P-E-L-U-V-A, and use the code BRADPODCAST and get 10% off your first pair. Paluvas, let your feet be feet. <sighs> okay, so the workplace is set up for busyness and distraction. The workplace is oftentimes demanding 
multitasking. You see this on resumes as an attribute, as a skill, skilled at multitasking. Oh, mercy. So what happens is we have a workday characterized by rapid fire uh, distractibility, uh, huge uh, destruction of our potential for deep work and focus. Uh, there's research showing that we switch tasks uh, when we're working on computer, knowledge worker, switch tasks every three minutes. And with a email heavy job, uh, especially email is uh, off the charts and non-email is like half of these half of these stats, but uh, an email-centric position in the workplace uh, interacts with an average of 37 different windows per hour, 37 different screen windows. (sighs) Okay, so brief interruptions, even brief interruptions, such as checking a text message, grabbing one email and, and firing off a quick response, add up to having a massive negative impact due to something that Newport calls or identifies as attention residue. Attention residue is where each time you pull yourself away, each time you get distracted, you lose a tiny bit of productivity and cognitive power when you return to the original task. It's like grabbing one M&M and uh, going back to work. You didn't really make a dent on the jar of 100, uh, but when you do it 100 times, right? If your brain, uh, this is a quote, if your brain is how you make a living, then you have to be cognizant of brain fitness. Uh, my personal opinion from my, what I observed in large corporate environment is the only person that should be up and about and constantly uh available for distraction is the leader, the CEO, right? Because the the higher levels of management are there to serve uh, the larger teams that they uh, supervise, okay? And oftentimes it's the opposite, right? The CEO's door is closed. He's really, he or she's really hard to reach, uh, doesn't like to be bothered with your little things. Uh, but I saw Martin Bronze at work at Interwoven. He always had an open door. He always had time for anybody who walked in there. You knew his schedule was very important, jam-packed, busy, but his role as a leader was to have that open door policy. And hopefully all the people that are tasked to do a specific uh, work contribution, right, to create some content and deliver it, They're the ones that should be highly focused and very difficult to interrupt. But oftentimes you saw that to be the opposite with people lingering around the water cooler or what have you. Uh, My boss at Interwoven, Kevin Hayden, had a great line, never forgot it. He was uh, finishing up a meeting with his small team, probably six people there in the room on the marketing team that he oversees. And he said his parting shot was, uh, remember everybody, I work for you not the other way around because his job in management was to make us all better and to be a resource and someone we could go to to get guidance focused direction right so the manager working for the team rather than the other way around and always thinking in those terms so twisting the corporate hierarchy uh, to all of our benefit okay so we know how damaging distractibility hyperconnectivity is We know how useless uh, multitasking is, how much better it would be to just focus and get things done sequentially and preferentially in order of priority. So why do we do this stuff? Newport offers a few reasons. Number one, a sense of being needed and useful, right? When you're busy, you're busy. 
How's your day go? Oh, busy, busy. So you get a sense of satisfaction that you indeed were busy. <laughs> Number two is this tribal wiring that humans have and their psychological pain associated with not pulling your weight, with not answering those texts and those emails. And this could be even beneath the surface, uh, maybe half conscious and half subconscious, in my opinion, where you're looking at that email inbox and you haven't answered. It's your dear cousin across the country who sent you a thoughtful email and it's been sitting there for four days and you have a sense of guilt and frustration and finally overwhelm when you can't keep up with the massive pace that people are setting. Oh my gosh, social media is the best example of this where, you know, you miss one day and you fall behind. And all of a sudden you're you're off the back and you're not in the um, you're not in the elite realm of uh, maximum likes and maximum uh, content posting. <laughs> oh, finally, here's one that's a little darker. Busyness is used as a proxy for productivity. Unlike in the old days, the Industrial Revolution, the days of the assembly line, productivity is much more difficult to measure today. Back in the old days, and of course many people with the work structure uh, even today, can have a direct and visible graphic measurement of how much they accomplished. I love uh, the scene of uh, building construction. You know, you're building a house, doing a remodel. You get there in the morning and uh, there's no drywall. It's just a bunch of studs standing up. And the foreman says, hey, we're going to do a uh, drywall today. And then we're going to uh, mount the, uh, we'll pull the electrical wires and mount the plugs. And you walk away from that job site at 5 p.m. And you have a tremendous sense of satisfaction. You tore the roof off today. You did this. You put in four windows. And so, very quantifiable, very straightforward, and much less penchant for distractibility and wasting idle time. So in the uh, knowledge environment, the knowledge workplace, uh, productivity being harder to measure, Newport calls this the metric black hole, meaning that we have no good way to measure lost productivity created by busyness and distractibility. So instead, what do we do? We go to the proxy and see who's busiest as a really crappy way to measure productivity. So how many emails did you reply to? How clean is your inbox? How many people did you CC so you can cover your butt and bring other people into the mix so they can offer their opinion? You can go around in a circle. Whoo! So busyness is uh, equated with doing a lot of stuff in a visible manner, right? You see that person uh, uh, over in the corner with their head, fingers running through their hair. They're frustrated. They're stressed. They're moving quickly because they're so dang busy and they must be so important and getting so much done rather than the person who's uh, wearing some Dr. Dre headphones and sitting back, uh, tipping back in their chair, looking out the window, but perhaps engaging in deep cognitive thought that's going to represent tremendous breakthroughs and improvements in productivity. Yeah. So uh, you're doing lots of stuff in a visible manner. You're sending and replying to a bunch of emails. You're constantly available on chat. You're in conference calls. You're in meetings. And why? Because without that clear feedback and guidance, people gravitate toward, quote, the principle of least resistance. 
the stuff that's easiest to accomplish in the moment. That's why we foster a culture of connectivity when studies show that it's ruining productivity. So we love to be in those meetings. We love those conference calls. We love those group emails. It's the culture of connectivity, but it's also the path of least resistance. It's the easiest way. I think you guys all know uh, how the brain sort of uh, sags a little bit at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. and you drift over into the least difficult cognitive tasks, but still feel like you're getting a lot of work done. <sighs> there is a story of an accomplished physics professor who, in the academic professions, you're measured by the frequency of publishing important papers. And so this physics professor deliberately created an image, a rep of irresponsibility and proudly and continually reinforces that to his colleagues. He doesn't answer emails. He turns down opportunities to attend meetings or serve on committees or boards. He's entirely focused on publishing respected scientific research to advance his career and also honor the highest expression of his talents rather than scatter them in a hundred different directions like the blue light wavelength scatters on the blue sky or the blue lake. Okay. We have hit a lot in a short time, so I'm going to leave you with these uh, first reflections about the path of least resistance that you follow in the workplace, the culture of connectivity, uh, using busyness as a proxy for productivity, and then we'll get into a part two of Cal Newport's insights from the great book, Deep Work, uh, next time. Thank you for listening with your undivided attention or partially divided attention if you're driving or jogging or something. Yeah, that's allowed. Da -da -da. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.